respected. This uh-huh. isn't Stan Van Gundy sitting down with you or Ed <laughs> Stefanski sitting down with you. This is a guy who's respected. So that's what makes me so excited. Like even if they and don't he's spend money, done it before. He's done it bingo. before. Look at yes. look at OKC. He's all helped I've out Sam Presley a whole lot, man. Right-hand man. All I've done is taken a selfie with this man, and I wanted to move oceans <laughs> for him. What is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court for today, Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. I'm your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my guy, Jeff. I afraid he. Jeff, what's popping, my guy? Oh, I'm chilling. This is the best time of the year. NBA playoffs, baby. And we got oh. a podcast to do, so I'm excited. Oh, the weather's nice. Playoff basketball's oh, yeah. on. People tell me playoff basketball's too long. It's not long enough, dude. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as the playoffs yeah. go on, there's less and less basketball to watch, and it's kind of depressing because you realize the season's almost over. But anyway, yeah. speaking of things that are depressing, the opposite of that, my guy, Troy Sergey. Troy, what's happening, my man? Not a ton, man. I uh, was able to watch quite a bit uh, as of today. We're recording Sunday. I watched a little bit of uh, Mavs and Suns this afternoon. And man, Dallas, bro. That's all I got to say. So this Dallas team, it turns out, can play the game of basketball. Uh, they... Uh, not only do they win at home, they won both games at home. And they are now even in the series against the Phoenix Suns. The biggest surprise of of the round for sure. I, I thought I thought in those first two games, I thought Dallas looked outmatched. But they they go home and they get the job done. They take care of business. What I say? No. I said uh Suns and Six. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, now now it's their job to go win the next. I mean, they got to win the next. I mean, and I first think they step, can. I mean, the yeah. first step. Oh, they can. First step. Chris Paul's got to be on the damn court. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the refs. I'm not trying to pull the card. I don't want to be the guy. It's we, not the refs' fault or anything. Okay, but, they, but they've but been weird. They, they've been weird. So bad these playoffs. They like, have. Like not even just the series in general. Like it, it really has. Oh, it's been ugly, dude. And and like I, and again, like I'm I'm the same way. I don't want to blame it all on them, but like, come on! Like it's... the first, like the Memphis Minnesota series was almost entirely decided at the free throw line. The the Philadelphia 76ers are almost entirely winning games at the free throw line. We put in all these rules and sanctions, and now we're at playoff times, and the refs just got sick of getting complained to, so they folded. That's yeah. what happened. What happened to letting them play? Like, yeah. we, like I don't get it. Why are really why are free throw percentages and attempts going up at this time of year? Like, why? It doesn't make sense. But you know, that's no you know, you know what does make sense though? Clicking that subscribe button because ladies and gents, we are on the journey to one thousand subscribers. Jeff, I'm sure that's getting not getting old at all. No, um, no it, I love it. Yeah, you know it's you know when it's not gonna get old when we're at a thousand subscribers, which we're <laughs> and, getting there, man. And then it's ten k subscribers after that. Yeah, exactly. And then it's ten k. But then you know the cool thing is we have uh you know we have our first sponsor that we're gonna be working with that you'll hear more about this week. You have uh we have the NBA draft lottery stream that Jeff and I are gonna be a part of for Woodward Sports and Woodward Pistons on the Woodward Sports channel. Be sure to subscribe to Woodward Sports. By the way. 
That's coming down the pipeline. Guys, there is a lot of content and a lot of things to talk about. But but, but we're going to be doing a lot of draft content as well through videos. But today, we wanted to kind of focus on NBA free agency. And we wanted to talk a little bit about some players that the Pistons can go after this summer that are not being talked about. Mm-hmm. And we were having some conversations over the weekend, Jeff, myself, and some Wilbur buddies. And a name was thrown out there of a guy that we haven't really talked about. And it's Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine, obviously, uh, the fit next to Cade. I mean, did you see what Chicago did this year with him and DeMar DeRozan? Like, the fit is tantalizing. Zach Levine, obviously, you know, it would be it would be in division. It would be hard to see Chicago just let him walk for nothing. However, Zach Levine is a free agent, and the Detroit Pistons do have the most salary cap space this offseason. And looking at Kate Cunningham, looking at Sadiq Bey, looking at Marvin Bagley, and looking at how old and how sluggish and how bad things ended in Chicago, there is a case to be made mm-hmm. that Zach Levine might want to consider going to Detroit, Troy, it, or, or Jeff? No, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. And, and before you go, Troy, I just have to say this: like, and I know people have been hearing this a lot too, but he just kind of fit the mold of what Troy were Troy Weaver would be looking for. And mm-hmm. I've said this, and I've been on record talking about Jalen Brunson, talking about Miles Bridges. Those guys, to me, aren't the big fish. Zach Levine, in terms of his skill set, that that's the that's what a big fish looks like to me. Like that's what you go out and get. The problem I have though with Zach Levine, and it's an obvious one. I know people are already going to know what I'm going to say. He played 82 games his second year. Hasn't played 70 since. That's the problem I have. And he's he's actually been in 50 games a couple seasons. So being healthy is the problem I have for Zach Levine. You saw it this year for the Chicago Bulls. That's a legitimate question. Because if you're going to be throwing money at a guy who's not available, that's where the, the fan base starts going, oh, well, here we go again. This guy's not here. You're paying him the amount of money you are. But the, the, in terms of what he does on the court, I love it. Like the, the, him and Cade as a, as a backcourt, you have it's, – it's like, uh, you, you know, you have Cade who does so many different things very well. And then the things that Cade needs, Zach Levine does really well, which is oh. scoring the basketball, moving without the basketball. Like it, it, the fit is there, guys. It, to me, though, before you go, Troy, is the health. And that's what scares me away from Zach Levine. Right. But let's be honest. To me, he's the only big fish in this phrase class beyond, besides DeAndre Ayton, but I don't think you're getting DeAndre Ayton. So um, – if the Pistons are pursuing them, kudos to them. They have to. They have to do the due diligence. Absolutely. Yeah, they have to at least ask the question. Absolutely. Troy, from a basketball fit, what do you like about Zach Levine in Detroit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll just start by saying, you know, this past year we at uh, from half court, and I think even ESPN too, when talking about the Chicago Bulls, it was all DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan. But I mean, Zach Levine was a big part of the Bulls' success this past year yeah. uh, as a guy who can definitely score the ball. And I think when looking at the when Pistons – and yeah, yeah, went healthy. Uh, looking at the Pistons this past year and even the past two or three years, I mean, scoring the ball has been a, a challenge. It really has. Mm-hmm. And I think if you pair a guy like Zach Levine with Kate Cunningham, who can facilitate and also score the ball himself too, uh, and likeness with a guy like Sadiq Bey as well, I mean, I don't think scoring is our weakness anymore. I, th- I no. think scoring actually becomes one of our strengths. Yeah. So with Zach Levine there with this team, um, 
to me, I, I just feel like we get way better offensively. And we, you know we can play D. We're Detroit, right? So um, I, I'm not too worried about the defensive end with this with this roster too, with a Levine Piston roster. So, yeah, I'm all for it too, guys. I, I think it would be great. But the right price tag would be my concern along with the injuries. Um, now, that's, now that's the caveat because yeah. let's be honest real quick about what it would take for the Detroit Pistons to land Zach Levine. First of all, there is no if ands, or buts about it. You would have to pay Zach Levine a max. Like, that Ooh. is just the truth. Yeah. To get him to go from Chicago, where this team, when healthy, was it the was in first in the Eastern Conference. People forget, you know, obviously then they played real opponents, and then they got, you know, absolutely on all summer, uh, or, all, or all, all spring, all winter. This team can very much get a guy like a a Jeremy Grant or another piece away from being more serious and being more of a contender. Now, here's the caveat. I'm looking at DeMar DeRozan. Is that, am I getting that same guy next year? And I'm going to wager no, because DeMar DeRozan's getting older. DeMar DeRozan played a lot of minutes last year and if they're going to ask him to do the same thing this year injuries are going to happen also here's the thing about zach levine tell me when you've heard this before as a pistons fan a uh, levine is expected to undergo arthroscopic surgery on his left knee during the offseason uh per joe crowley of the chicago sun times anyone hear that before blake it's griffin insane. That's that's the issue with Zach Levine. He already tore his ACL. Now he's mm -hmm. having knee surgery. And arthroscopic guy, arthroscopic knee surgery, which is or, which is different. However, it, yes, yeah. it's different. Still, it, it's not just the knee injuries. He's had injury, other injuries, and that's the problem I have with Zach. Is he's so athletic, and I know people keep saying this. I don't think he's going to lose uh, you know a ton of athleticism, but that's his strength. Like, I, and on my head while you were talking, I'm just imagining the the lobs that he can catch with Cade mm -hmm. Cunningham. Like how dynamic mm -hmm. that backcourt could be. And I'm falling in love with it. But then what settles me and gets me grounded is the fact that, you, like you said, Sean, you don't know what he's going to be. And, and, and again, I've said this before. Are we overreacting to this Frazier's class? I think in a way, not us. I'm just saying in general, like how, how we rate these guys. Yeah. I think that's a fair question. Yeah, but again, I think I, I will say this. Zach Levine, out of all the other guys available, I know he can do, like you said, score the basketball at a high volume. A guy who can mm -hmm. go get you 30, 34, 40. Uh, but to your point, how long do you have that Zach Levine? Like if you sign him for four years, can he right. be great for four years? If he can sign the deal, but that's the, that's the gamble you're taking. And right. is Troy willing to take that gamble? We'll see. Yeah. It'll and in my opinion, it's the same thing with Jeremy Grant. In my opinion, you can't say that Jeremy Grant doesn't fit our timeline and Zach Levine somehow does, because if you right. bring in Zach Levine, you are bringing in Zach Levine to win now. You pray to God he stays healthy. You pray to God we just get his upside. You pray that Cade and that Cade and, and Levine together just only bring the best out of each other and elevate each other. And I think we have to be more realistic with with where this franchise is at. And you know, I I, I I'm not gonna lie. I do see a scenario where Troy Weaver. I mean, he's gonna make the phone call, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna make the phone call just to say. Uh, 
Like, do you at <laughs> least like do you at least like like what we're building here? Like, maybe like, you know, like in that same voice. Yeah. Like he's going to do that freaking like, oh, my God, you like what we have here. Like, <laughs> that's exactly how Troy Weaver talked in person. I can verify. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But anyway, like, yeah, Weaver's going to be aggressive. However, again, I, I, I just have a hard time seeing us get, getting that kind of caliber player without making a trade and and when i look at, at, at that chicago bulls roster even though zach levine's like i have a big decision to make this summer come on the decision's clear run it back in chicago see what you can do see if vucevic can have a bounce back year see what patrick williams being back can do there's just a lot of yeah. reasons to not leave that Chicago team, in my opinion. And, and I want to hear your guys' opinion on this too. Like, obviously, I don't we don't know Zach Levine or anything personally, but f- just looking at his career, looking at all the injuries, and, and he had obviously won a lot of games in Chicago, didn't beat any good teams, and they, they got bounced in the first round, obviously due to injuries and other things. But do you think in the back of his mind, because you saw the Laker, the Lakers being mm-hmm. interested in the other reports, do you think? It, it, and I know he's not; he's only 26 years old, but just where he is as a player, and I know he's going to want to get paid, absolutely. Uh-huh. Do you think he he's going to weigh a lot on the situation he's going to? Like, is this going to be, listen, I won a lot of games in Chicago. I could go back to your point, Sean. Or why would I go to mm-hmm. Detroit to take that gamble? Why not go to, you know, L.A., the Clippers, wherever he can go to guarantee you have a great championship-level team? I mean, should, I would assume he's thinking like this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, again, what do I know? He could come to Detroit, level we're building, and that'd be awesome. But a part of me just says in his mind, he's like, where can I get paid and win games? A ton of games, like contend right. games, not just get bounced in the first round. But mm-hmm. we'll see. It's going to be interesting. So I, I can't wait for this phrase. Well, right. it, it, it's the first time, you know, like, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts, Troy, but real quick, I will just say this is his first time being a free agent. This is his first time having the decision making ability on where he can go in his career. I, I'm sure he picks up the phone. And listens to what the Lakers have to say. And then he hangs the hell up and he calls Chicago back and he says, Hey, you're going to pay me a crap ton of money too, right? Yeah. And you actually have players that can play basketball. All right. I well, can see that happening. You know, like, like, like I, I, I think, I think you're going to see a guy weigh all of his options, but realize where he's at is in a bad spot. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think one thing Jeff mentioned earlier too, is, Fans, not saying us, but fans, I think, are a little bit overreacting to a degree with this free agency class because I think if we wait another two or three years, um, I mean, I'm not saying you know wait, like keep rebuilding, but I, I just right. feel like I feel like there are better free agency classes in the future that we can, I guess, cash in on mm-hmm. um, more on a more, I guess, long term basis than just praying that Zach Levine works out, right? Or, or something like that. So I, I I do think, and I remember that James Edward III said that too, of, of, hey, you know, this summer isn't the true destiny of the Detroit Pistons, right? Yeah, uh, they have think, money. That doesn't mean they got to spend it. Exactly, exactly. So I think that needs to be, as Pistons fans and as, as you know, Pistons fans who want to put out good content, I think I think it's important to, to make sure that that's stated too. No, Troy. We do not put out good content here. <laughs> we want nothing to happen. We, if we, we don't want anything to be good. <laughs> and I'm glad, actually, I'm glad Troy brought that up because I think people get excited. Obviously, the Pistons haven't had this amount of money, I mean, to spend in, in one right. crazy period. Or can, they can create more money. 
and I think it, it part of it is overrating the class, but part of it is just Pistons fans just want the team to be good, like mm-hmm. quickly, quickly. Well, and just, people have to understand that's not always the timeline of how things work out. But again, yeah. what do we know? Well, Except it's just the we fact that again, this is the first time we have had max dollar level cap space <laughs> in a yeah. decade. Like literally, the last time we had it was when we paid Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson. Yeah, we haven't had it hey. since. And and it's because we wave and stretched. We 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 traded for the for the bloated contracts. We had to you know really strip this down to the bare bones and take that dead money. You know this this was you know I I think one thing that you're gonna look at through free agency, it's gonna be really trying to find those stable guys that can help and be here for the long term. Because I want to remind you guys of something. Because of COVID. I want you to guess how many different players suited up for the Detroit Pistons this year. Just take a guess. 27. It was 27. Oh, really? <laughs> I just guessed. <laughs> all yeah. the way from half court. No pun yeah. intended. <laughs> yeah, all the way from half court. And he hit it. Yeah, it's literally 27 <laughs> players. That is insane. And so thinking that Detroit's going to want to, you know, obviously they're not going to want to go spend all their money. However, they can certainly get some guys to make it go from 27 down to say like, I don't know, like 16. Mm -hmm. That a fair number? Like, because, you know, Troy Weaver's going to make some moves. Like, let's not, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. He's going to do something. Yeah, you have to make this place at least attractive to people. Like if they uh-huh. look like Zach Levine is looking from Chicago. All right, let's mm-hmm. or I'm just using Zach Levine as an example, but any free agent is looking at Detroit and saying, like, okay, I, I like the pieces, the young pieces you have, but like you said, you don't have like a, a, a you know, rotation, a consistent rotation. Like if you went out and signed, you know, your Mitchell Robinsons, you get some shooters, you get, you know, whatever it is, then it becomes more appealing to these guys. Like they don't know the full picture. And I think they're still a year away from really building this roster. You still have a draft, right. you know, if maybe if a free agent's looking at this team and, and that's what I'm excited for, by the way, because if you think about it, I know we're just, you know, hypo, hypothetically doing these things, but uh-huh. Zach Levine, you have Paulo Jabari Smith, <sighs> You have, you know, they go out, they, they spend money on a couple other guys. They get, you know, Mitchell Robinsons, whoever it is, get some shooting. Now we're talking like that. That's mm-hmm. a that's a respectable team, but you don't want to overreact and throw a bag as Zach Levine. So I, it's funny. I want to hear what Pistons fans have to think. I'm, I'm like, I, that's why I'm so curious about this topic. Like no one's yeah. really been talking about Zach Levine. Yeah. Like no one really has. Yeah. Let us know of what you would think of Zach Levine as a Piston in the comments section Do down it. below. But I'm also here. be sure to click that subscribe button because we <laughs> need you to. Gosh. Dang, but seriously, hit that button. But anyway, yeah, no, it's it has some it is something that a lot of people aren't talking about. I mean, like here's the thing. We're not even having the conversation of this is going to happen. But right. but let but it's you got to at least open the Pandora's box. You got to at least have the conversation because we are now in the situation where we are going to have that level of money. And if you have that level of money, and you don't at least ask the question as a front office, what are you doing? Right? I mean, like, you got to at least have the belief in yourself to at least yeah. think, should we even make this move? And so, that's why I'm not too worried about it, because in past times, you, you feel like they have to go out and spend this money because it's their only opportunity. I feel like with Troy Weaver, just his ability, like, if he sits down, like, this is the confidence level I have in this man. Like, if he sits down with any free agent, it doesn't matter who it is, 
I can just sit back knowing like I think Troy can pull this big fish in. Like I, I oh, think he can get a, yeah, he can get a catch. Yeah, he can get one of these guys because of his relationships, because of how much yeah. he's respected. This uh-huh. isn't Stan Van Gundy sitting down with you or Ed <laughs> Stefanski sitting down with you. This is a guy who's respected. So that's what makes me so excited. Like even if and don't he's spend done money, it before. He's done it bingo. before. Look at yes. look at OKC. He's all helped I've out done, Sam a whole lot, man. Right hand man. All I've done is taken a selfie with this man, and I wanted to move oceans <laughs> for him. Like I will, I, I know, will, man. I will travel the ends of the earth and kill for this man. But no, it's you know, yeah, like that's that's the type of energy that we're bringing in the front office, murderers. But moving on to the <laughs> next topic. Speaking of a guy who kills, Jalen Brunson has oh, been God. ice cold killer, ice in the veins these playoffs and all i've been hearing is this mm. propaganda and this bull from jeff i Brady that there's no okay. chance in hell the pistons would want to go for jeff for, for freaking jaylen <laughs> or that, like that or that nope we don't want little guards here because we don't like little people here in detroit <laughs> Okay. He's anti-midget. <laughs> hold, on. hold on. A couple things to break down real quick from what you just came out yes, of your this is how list. I talk. Right, so, number one, I need to address a couple things here. All right. I'm going to – actually, I'm going to address the no small guards hashtag first. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I'm talking to the small guard community right now. <laughs> I'm talking small to all you guys. Small guards matter, Jeff. Come <laughs> they, on, bro. Oh, okay. I don't have a problem with small guards. The problem I have is when, when you're a guy, like look at the small guards around the NBA. And this is my point. I'm not trying to get carried away. I know Isaiah Thomas, the greatest small guard, in my opinion, in NBA history. He's a legend, obviously, in the city of Detroit, beloved everywhere. But if you look around the NBA, name me small guards that are like amongst the best in the league. All right, give me a couple if you Chris can. Chris Paul. Yeah. What does Chris Paul do? What is his, his pass? Okay, his ability to create offense, get his own shot at different points. He's the greatest point guard, one of the greatest point guards of all time. Give me another one. Kyle Lowry. Okay, Kyle Lowry is a pretty damn good player. All right, championship. Okay, now we're getting to Red Van Fleet. Now, oh, Steph Curry, don't bring him into the conversation. All right, let me bring him into the conversation. Jordan Poole. The point I'm trying to make is this. All right, I don't want to get carried away with it. If you're, okay, for Jalen Brunson, I always ask, what does he bring your basketball team? And you mentioned it. A couple things. Great things, actually. What are his limitations? I think that needs to be talked about because his price tag, Sean, are you going to look me in the pupils right now and tell me <laughs> that Jalen Brunson for $25 million, let's say $25-ish million, I don't know his price tag to be exact, but that's what the rumors are, and he's playing well, so I'm pretty sure he's going to ask for the bag. Is he worth it? If you're a Detroit Pistons here, we're talking about this free class, and is it overrated? Jalen Brunson, and this is why I mentioned no small guards because, in my opinion, if I look at Cade Cunningham, I want his backcourt mate to be another tall guard because, listen, another guy that can defend. And I know Jalen Brunson could defend, but uh-huh. he's six one, like listen, or I, six I'm foot, a, like he can defend. You. But come on, like he was getting abused, especially in his Phoenix Sun series. But I'm I will say this: offensively, Weaver, he's a good player. He's yeah. a good player. I, I just have the problem with the price tag, Sean. I just yeah. have a problem with the price tag. I can't. What do we do? Sorry, I'm getting, I get. I get too excited, Jeff. I get too. I get too. I, I just want to get in too much. But here's the thing. I'm telling you right now, if Troy Weaver brings in Jalen Brunson, it's not for a penny over four-year $80 million. He's bringing him in on that deal. Now, here's the thing. The only way that happens is sure. if Dallas is cheap. Because here's the thing. And if a, the rest of the league look, doesn't overpay for Jalen Brunson. Right. Right. Which, which, that's something to consider, too. Which, which, which I, which I was about happen. to say, the only team that's going to pay him over $25-plus million a year 
is the New York Knicks. You know that's true. You <laughs> know do. that's true. If Trey, if Troy Weaver's bringing this guy in, we're talking about, oh, I don't want to pay him this price tag. You think Troy Weaver does? Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay him that know. price tag. No, I don't think that's so. not even the conversation. The conversation's four year, $80 million. That's the okay. kind of contract I think okay. he can really command. And, and yeah, and, and I, I would agree with that contract, Sean. I like that contract. Okay, if we're talking that. four for 80. Which is the number that is that has been his market value that has been reported by Chris Hayes okay. and Yahoo Sports. That came out. Didn't that come out before the playoffs? It came out like right at the beginning of the playoffs. And what has he been doing since the playoffs started? Uh, cooking. You think Straight he's asking cooking, for four for eighty? Bro. You think he's asking for four for eighty? Listen, if you're Jalen Brunson, <laughs> I wouldn't be. I'd be asking as much money. Go get your bag, man. Go, go, go off. Go get go to New York. Are you, are you <laughs> saying, York are you saying it's worth that money because he's been playing is, thirty million dollars over his value this entire season? This oh, don't give me that. He he was what? When, where was he drafted? What was his contract looking Second like? Second round. Okay, so clearly he's performed, outperformed his money. But I will yeah, say exactly. this. Let me he's say this. Been way, what he's been people, a valuable pick, a valuable player on the team. What has the national media been saying about the Dallas Mavericks? Luka Doncic, high it's usage Luka's rate. What, yeah. It, what have they been saying on these playoffs until, up until recently? Where the hell is his supporting cast? And, and I get it. Jalen Brunson went off without him. But ever since Luka's been back, he had, okay, he had 18 points tonight. <laughs> ever since he came back, I, I, Jalen Brunson has been nowhere to be seen. And, and he had the 28 the other night. Yeah. What are you he literally, about? okay, you are literally outlying. If you look no. at the totality, no, if you look at the totality of this playoffs, you are literally, there are two games that he scored less than 20 points. The rest 24, 41, 31, 23, 24, 24, 13, 9, 28. And then tonight he had another good night. What else do you want from him, man? That's the thing I'm asking. Like, looking at, like, and here's the thing. He's 25 years old, and we're acting like he's at his ceiling right now. He can get better. He can develop his game. He can add tendencies to his game in in Detroit. He can develop more. He can be part of that core. This is my problem, and I get it. He's been balling in the playoffs, all right, to Mm -hmm. a certain extent. But I will say this. What is his ceiling? Like, what what is Jalen Brunson? That's what I'm asking. Like, I know Zach Levine. I know what I'm getting with him. You you get the health issues. Mm -hmm. I get all that. But with Jalen Brunson, if I pay him to a four, four for 80 sounds nice. You're not getting him probably for four for 80. Let's just say it's 25 million a year, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you sign him. Let's say Trover does it. What does Jalen Brunson look like next to Cade Cunningham? He's, the fit's there. He's going to play well. Yeah. Is he going to give you 16 to 18 points a game? Right. Or is he going to make that Fred Flan fleet jump, uh, Fred jump, where he jumps to 23 or 22 points per game? We don't know this. And I get it. It happened with Fred. You know, Fred's a great player. Right. I'm not banking my money on a guy who I expect to blossom. I don't know what right. it looks like. And even before this, congrats, you're playing in the playoffs. All season long, this has been a constant thing with, with the Dallas Mavericks. They're trying to – they now they're questioning themselves, should we pay Jalen Brunson? They're about to let him walk. Jalen Brunson walked. They want to you put that money elsewhere and go get other guys to put around Luka Doncic. If they don't even want to put him, bring him back to the Dallas Mavericks, which right now it looks like they probably are, but before this they were confused about doing that, why the hell would I go out and drop $25 million a year on Jalen Brunson? Are you questioning your front office decisions on the Dallas Mavericks who over the past two years have had nothing but allegations and lawsuits and, and things oh, no, come I'm out not gonna, about, no, no, about no, no, no. How, I'm not how dysfunctional the they, they went out they, and, they, they went out and got KP making $33 million a year. I'm not going right. to they, They're terrible. But I'm uh-huh. just saying that's my point. Like, I, I want – I want big fish. That that is my point. And if you want to trade Jeremy Grant's salary for Jalen Brunson for twenty million dollars, like then there's not really an argument. He's he's making right. the same amount. Right. Yeah. About- but, but again, even even James, he answered the question Troy asked, which was, 
does getting Jalen Brunson prevent the big fish in the future? And the answer was no. So yeah. what I'm saying is, is that we have some salary cap now, even if you take some of it in the immediate term, that we can free up money in the future and we can free up money no. quickly. So yeah. what I'm saying is, is that if you're looking at the totality and long term, I'm not disagreeing that I want to go get the big fish. What I'm arguing is from a team necessity point, this makes us better right now. He's certainly not a small fish despite his size, and he could definitely be a good fit alongside Cade. Troy, your thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say, and I the, the number you mentioned, Jeff, that's 16 points a game, and even let's add eight assists to that too. I, I think that's worth the the 20 million, in my opinion, because again, he we still would have the money to go out and get even a bigger fish, I believe, uh, in the future. And I think for this year, like, like Sean said, it he plays well and fits this current team right here. And the most important thing that we haven't even talked about yet is the draft pick of whoever we get this year, too, of, of fitting into that role as well. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, I, it, it's not the same Pistons we've been talking about this past year um, that will be the team next year. So I, I, I think a 16 points a game uh, – eight assists a game kind of guy for 20 million for, for this free agency class. I think that's worth dropping the money. Yeah. 20 absolutely. million, 20 million. I'm willing to, to negotiate, but I'm sorry guys. I'm not doing it. I, I'm I, Jalen Brunson to me. I, I, I get it. Great player. Good player. Actually, let me take that back. Good player. Not a great player yet. Good player. And I, I just don't want, I, this is my problem right now with Jalen Brunson. I'm hesitant because I don't, this, this smells like Reggie Jackson. This smells like Ben Gordon. I and I get it. Those guys are fine players. But for the future, in my backcourt, I don't see Jalen Brunson as, as my future. If I'm, if you know, and we're winning 50 plus games and we're getting the playoffs, we're making deep runs into the, into going, hopefully going to the finals. I just don't see it. And maybe I'm wrong for that, but our I'm, I'm refusing to give it to him. Our expectation with the money we paid Reggie Jackson and Ben Gordon would not be the expectation we would put on Jalen Brunson's shoulders. Would you agree with that, Sean? Yeah, no. Reggie Jackson was brought in to be the franchise point exactly. guard. Yeah. Um, he's, back, so what is Jalen Brunson? He's bringing in to be your your two. You, you know, hopefully your two or three. Maybe. You're, yeah, yeah, I would say your, even your three. He's, he's your secondary ball handler and and your second to third option on the offensive end for twenty million a year. Are you kidding 20, me? I'm not arguing twenty million. I'm, I'm, we're talking. I'm, he's not getting twenty million. I'm sorry. He's getting I'm not, twenty million. I'm not. I'll bet you. I, I'll bet you money. He's not. Getting Troy will offer twenty million. How about we settle at that? Jeff, pizza <laughs> bet, right now. I'll place have a you, bet. He's getting more than twenty million. Pizza bet. I'll, I'll place. Deal. It. Let's do it. Deal. Book it. It's on the pod. Yeah. Deal. Ladies and gentlemen, I need someone to stamp this in the history of do time. It. There is an official Sean and Jeff pizza bet on the from F4 podcast. I am not paying. Jalen Brunson, $25 plus million. If it's 20, we can have it to go. Because if they trade Jeremy, hey. which they're probably going to do when they get another lottery pick, now you got a bunch of rookie contracts and you got Jalen Brunson. So I'm not saying this is the problem. I'm, I think this is where it's misconstruing. I'm not arguing the fit. I'm not arguing that this is the big fish we're getting. Like we, we could not make any other moves besides Jalen Brunson. My argument is I just don't see it. Like this isn't the dude. All right. This isn't the dude. And I get it. He can be, he doesn't have to be the dude. So I'm not saying he has to be, but I'm saying question? in the future, I'm sorry. In two to three years, we're going to look back on this. And we're, no, I'm sorry. Can I ask Go you on. A question? What's your question? Is there anything Jalen Brunson could do to change your mind in order to see him as the dude? Or would he literally have to grow two inches? No, it's not even the size, honestly. I mean, that's part of it, but a lot of it is 
listen, he had a breakout year this year. I'm not uh-huh. giving a guy 25 million. I'm saying 25. I'm sticking by it, by the way. I'm not giving a guy 25 million <laughs> for his first breakout season. I'm sorry. I'm just. I not. mean, he had a really good year last year too, but that's okay. Really good year. Okay. What do you average? What do you average his rookie year? He had a good rookie year or the year prior. All right, he have? Oh, 12 he... points, nine, eight, and twelve. All right, he had a good third year in this in, in the league, and then he jumped up to sixteen. Now, what can he do in his fifth year? Who knows? I'm not paying him twenty five million to find out. I'm sorry, I'm not. I just love. I, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because it's like, what? What did he do the year before? Oh, yeah, he had really good three years. Yeah, good for him. Goalpost, move, move. Boom. He didn't have a good. He didn't have. Oh, listen. He had, he blossomed this year. He averaged twelve points last year. He made the jump to yeah. sixteen points. Good for yeah. him. I'm not paying him twenty five million. I, I, in my opinion, and I'll go on record. I'm on the podcast. Yeah, he's gonna be around this number, sixteen to nineteen points for a career. Twenty points. He might jump that once. He's not being more than that. And, and I'll say. But it right I now. think we could. I think there's a role for him to do that on our team. Jeff, thirty teams in the league are taking a guy that can do what he can do. And an efficient rate that he can do it with everything that he brings to the team. 30 teams are taking that. No, he's, he's a good player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I know I'm you're just not. saying I that is not, not the fit. I, I'm, listen, this is why I, I can't have this flipped on me. I'm not saying Jalen Brunson's <laughs> trash. I'll repeat it. I'm not saying he's trash. I'm not saying he can't fit on the Pistons. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's, he's a terrible player. I'll repeat that because mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like it's coming out right now. He's not mm-hmm. a terrible player. He had a great season. Mm-hmm. Breakout season. He should get paid. I said that. He should get paid. Go get paid. If I'm just not in Detroit, I'm not paying him. I'm sorry. But that's understandable. Again, everybody has different views of who they should sign. Yeah. In my opinion, I've said this this free agency class is overrated. I'll go on record. It's overrated. And I'm going to die on that. I'm going to die on that hill. So I, in the in next year, when we look back on it, then we could talk about this and I, see. Was it I overrated? think it's a terrible free agency class. I don't know where it's over. I think it's a bad class. Like, I agree with that. Now, what I will say is that even though it's a bad class, it doesn't mean that there's good guys available. Now, obviously, if Jalen Brunson is arguably the biggest fish in a free agency class, and that speaks to the class, right? I mean, Zach Levine's probably the biggest because he said he's going to test free agency. I would imagine James Harden's going to do something this summer. I would imagine that's not going to be a smooth, hey, I'll be (laughs) back. You know what I mean? Um, There's going to be things that happen this summer. But I would wager that Troy Weaver is going to, again, they're going to bring him in. They're going to at least have the conversation. Now, in all honesty, the more I'm watching these postseasons go on, the more I think he's just going to stay in Dallas because Mm -hmm. Dallas would be stupid to not pay him for how well he's playing, and especially for the way this Phoenix series is going. They would be dumb to not pay him. That's my opinion. So I I don't even think Detroit's going to get the opportunity, if I'm being real with you. And this but, is where part of me is too. Like a lot of ha- it has to come into play. It's not about the player. It's about also the reality of it. And there's going yeah. to be a bidding war for Jalen Brunson. Like he's there an is. unrestricted free agent. He's he felt disrespected by Dallas. He's go- like Zach Levine. He's going to yeah. field the offers. I'm not going to don't as a Pistons fan. Listen, if you're watching this, yeah, don't lie to yourself. You're not going to sit him down and sign him like that. There's yeah, going to be a, a fielding in the offers. You're going to have to overpay for Jalen Brunson if you want him. That's the reality. And here's where I concede. Where I concede is I agree that you don't overpay. You you know, once it gets once it gets north of 25, when even when it gets to 26, 27, I'm out. That's that's when the con- because again, you know, at that point that's when I start to have questions because that's getting close to max dollars. Now, again, if it's lower 20, 
I would go as high as $23 million, $24 million a year on Jalen Bronson. I would. I think he's that kind of value. I think, you know, you I think guys like Kyle Lowry, you know, like the like like the success, even though he hasn't been the same guy, like the value he brings to Miami, you know, like like changes the course of that team. Right. The the yeah, amount but, that the but, amount but that Toronto, Toronto is go on. Oh, I was even gonna say, even like the amount of Toronto, like the amount of success they've had with how well Fred Van Viet, Van Vliet played this year. You know, like obviously towards the end, it was Pascal Siakam that really carried them through. And when push came to shove, that's their guy. However, you just, in my opinion, I, you know, like, you know, I, I, I only brought up like on Twitter, I was like, Isaiah Thomas is six one. I only say that to say, you know, I understand. Like I even Ashton was like, nope, no small guards. And I'm like, bro, like I get it. But like, again, I just, as a Pistons fan, We've had so many underdogs in the past. I fight for those underdog guys because I still think, you know, I look at Jalen Brunson and I just see the value he's bringing to Dallas right now. And yeah, he can command a big paycheck this summer. That is not that is not wrong. So, but just hopefully it's not in D. Yeah, and you know what? The good news, no matter what happens, we're gonna share a good pizza over it, Jeff. It's just one of us is gonna have to pay for it. But anyway, that's how pizza, <laughs> that's how pizza bets work. Someone out there, you keep track of this and let us know once this. I'll be, once I'll this be the mediator. Yes, yeah, like answer that. people. If, comment down below. Am, am I overreacting? Like it, yeah. the reality is, I will. Also, I will give how this. many toppings should I get, and where should I order this pizza? <laughs> oh, no, it's got to be Detroit style. <laughs> I'm getting yeah, the pizza. Detroit He's area. not getting paid for twenty million. But anyway. oh yeah, this ain't little, little Caesars either. This is like <laughs> we're we're getting we're getting primo shit. This is yeah, there's this a is good place home. downtown on on uh, Woodward actually Avenue. I think there is. This is this this is my whole this is my whole point too. People in the comments, this is what I want you to know. Jalen Brunson, again, is not a bad player. Do you want him for twenty five million? That's the question. Yeah, all right, that's fair. Twenty million swap Jeremy salaries. Now we're talking. Now we can make some lemonade. Now you can get Jabari Smith. You already filled the contract with Jalen Brunson. I get all that, Uh but answer the question. Comment down below. I just don't think I just think we can't skip over Troy just going, there's a good pizza place somewhere downtown. I forgot the name. Either. It's like, God. well, that rules it out. That that narrows it down. <laughs> I know it's really close to the spirit of Detroit. That's fair. That's fair. We're, we're going there. When Jalen Brunson signs that four year hundred dollar a hundred million dollar deal, we're going Dude. down there and we're getting pizza. Dude, oh yeah, hundred percent. And when it went uh yeah, we're gonna get uh well it would when Corey Joseph sides for the Supermax, we're gonna be in line <laughs> to get his jersey ready yeah, no to doubt. go for next season, bro. It's gonna be hype. Oh Jesus my gosh. Christ. That was that was for you, King. But with that, guys, this has been a wild weekend in the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. First of all, I feel I would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the airness, the greatness himself, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He might not win MVP this year because the Bucks were kind of, you know, coasting during the season. But I will say they are looking in form now. Do they really do they really look in form? Oh my gosh. Terrifying. No, I I, I picked them to win the series too. So yeah. uh, so we're sticking by it. Even without yeah. Chris Middleton, this team has looked very good. Um at the problem I had though, and we said in the first two games. Can Giannis bounce back? He did that same thing. And he plays, he's playing better. And that's what's scary about this series. Because when Giannis takes over like he has been, it's hard to stop him. And even a Boston Celtics team that is built to stop these forwards, they did it with Kevin Durant. Now they're kind of doing it for half the series with Giannis. If they can just hold off till Chris Middleton gets back, 
I'm yeah. telling you, whoever wins this series is going to the finals. Oh, oh, one hundred percent. This is this is the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, Troy, what about Giannis's game has been so difficult for the Boston Celtics? Because this is this is the team in theory that we're talking about. If anybody can slow down Giannis, right? It's yeah. them. It's them or the Suns, right? Those are the only two teams that have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, his athleticism to me. I mean, they just can't put a body in front of him from what I've seen in the games. And, you know, they have good defenders on their team, but no one can guard Giannis. You know, the guy just gets to the hole so easily. Well, it's not even just his athleticism, Troy. It's it's his physicality, too. It's, it's, It's the physicality alongside that athleticism because... He can get he can he can get such momentum going into the restricted area that he's going at you at a speed that you for one cannot keep up with, but two aren't strong enough to hold back. Right, and like, the it's just not going to happen. The mid range game too is falling for Giannis, and yeah. um, so I mean you can't just you know have three guys stand right behind uh right in front of the bucket and and expect him to to just shoot that mid-range because well he will and he will make the shot too so i mean i i think on all areas of the court he's playing great and then the defensive end too he's contesting shots he's grabbing boards uh he's he's able to, to pass the ball great too and i he's just kind of your perfect player guys i mean last podcast remember we asked that question of peak Giannis or peak lebron Giannis is making that argument even harder and harder every day in my opinion guys is there I mean, because because here's here's the thing, like you look at Giannis's game, and the and the answer is yes, there's flaws to his game, but like, is he so good that like he literally makes it so that there isn't flaws? Because like that's the way it feels. That's how I see the game, to be honest, Sean. Like, I yeah, of course there's flaws, but I. He's too good that I don't care about the flaws. I don't even think it's worth talking about the flaws because, because, well, yeah, because he's that good. Yeah, because because it gets to the point where it's like, well, he can't make his free he can't make his free throws. Well, he'll buckle down, and when you know when it matters, he's going to make them. Yeah, oh, exactly. well, he can't he can't hit the shot. Well, when it's time to hit the shot, he's going to hit it. And the thing is, he's going to score so much before then that it might not even freaking matter nope. because few, few right. teams can even keep within single digits with these guys when he's yeah. on fire. Yeah. And that's what Giannis does so well. Like he hasn't been a player since Shaq that has the ability. Right. If you're not hitting free throws, you're still getting 30. Like this guy, mm-hmm. effortlessly, you, you talked about the ability to get to the, the hole. His length, two steps, he's he's already at the net. And that's yeah. the problem with Giannis. Like, yes, you talk about his jump shot. If the guy can just have a formidable jump shot, which he has, he can make defenses respect him enough to where he can – he's unpredictable now. Now it isn't like, all right, Giannis is doing one thing. He, he can do multiple things. And not only that, my question I have for the series is, and you saw you know, when the Bucks won last game, what are the, his, the surrounding cast doing without Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday stepped up? And if you have guys that can hit j- jump shots, I mean, now it becomes that much harder to read this team because you have Giannis coming down full court in transition. You have shooters all over the place. And I think that's why they're missing Chris Middleton. Like this team isn't even right. a full potential. Like you're going to bring in another 20 point scorer who can get to his spots, hit threes at a high rate, like defend really well on the perimeter, help out another body out there. So I'm telling you, man, like this, the Bucks impressed me, and I talked about this on on World War II. I feel like the Bucks winning or any team winning a championship the following year, they have this this aura around them that is like you know, no matter how much deep waters you get into, you can just get out of it. Like well, because know you know, know what it, it takes now, you exactly. get it. You climb the mountain. 
Absolutely. And I feel like and the there Bucks was some mountains to climb last year. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. the biggest mountain was that Phoenix Suns team itself um, yeah. of climbing pass. So when you're when you're climbing a mountain, it's arguably easier when or objectively it's easier the second time because you know the path it takes. You right. know the challenges to anticipate. If anything, you should get back up quicker and easier than you did before. But again, what comes into it is the health. There, is yeah. the is the longevity is the physicality it's the marathon it's 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 having less time to rest than other teams because your season was longer it's the fact that you're going deep into june and and that's yeah. going to be the thing is first of all i mean Giannis, he it's not even a concern because even when he looked like he tore his acl last year he came out literally <laughs> next robot. game yeah he's a freaking robot man he's terminator uh, you know, if Terminator made a basketball player, that that's the Terminator. But looking at Chris Middleton again, first of all, if he can get back healthy, it's it's can he get back and be himself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can he be that same guy? Because if he can't be, then that's gonna be the opening for a team like Phoenix and for Boston the rest of this series so that's going to be the big thing i mean milwaukee i mean drew holiday man we don't talk about him enough either just like oh. you know marcus smart might have won defensive player of the year drew holiday is the best defender of the league it's drew holiday it just is yeah he's um, a it, dog man he, yeah, makes, yeah. he takes the team to a whole nother level and that's and why they, they went out and got drew holiday for yeah. moments like this when yep. you have chris middleton out and you have drew holiday they can get you 25 and 8 like this guy is just and what he does on the defensive side of the ball man Pick up your team's best point guard. That's worth money right there. Like that's why right. And, get and have we even talked about his offensive game? The guy can score right. buckets. The he, guy's clutch. Yeah, he's hitting big shots in big moments. The guy yeah. is an assassin. It's you know it, this yeah. is, this is the best scenario for him too because I mean we weren't seeing it. I mean I guess we were kind of seeing a little bit in New Orleans with him, but um, when it when it put we've talked about this before with different guys, but when it when it when you're playing winning and meaningful basketball, right. that's when you can define a player's career and ability just as a player, uh, well, what, what that player's worth. Well, even then, like like you look at guys like Drew Holiday, and their true worth isn't seen until you're on a team that show that 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 their skills fit the most. Because with New Orleans, you can have a guy like Drew Holiday playing phenomenal defense for you all night long. But if you're dog shit, you're still dog shit. <laughs> you're gonna lose games you know what i mean whereas whereas with with the milwaukee bucks situation you have Giannis onto the kumbo this team was already really good before drew holiday got here now it's like hey plug these holes be our anchor on the defensive end and that's going to be the difference between us being a championship team and it was yeah and and so if you know even with drew holiday still on even with just Giannis and drew holiday I still think they sweep the Miami Heat. Flat wow. out. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I would have pulled five. I would have pulled five. Didn't you call a sweep with somebody else, too? I, I did. It, yeah. In all seriousness. The Grizzlies. Goes, in all seriousness, it goes six. But, yeah. but I, I just don't believe in Miami. Like, I just – and I, yeah. think my, I, think, I think Milwaukee's a matchup hell for them. I really do. I, I just – it's not a disrespect to Miami. 
it kind of is a disrespect to Miami, but also like, <laughs> but <laughs> even, even if, I mean, that's still something to, to hang your hat on. If you're Miami to make it to the Eastern conference finals, yeah. and that's the, still guess. people seem to forget too. Miami was the number one seed. Like can people, and yeah. I, I get the regular season doesn't, they right. don't take as much consideration but to playoff it, basketball, yeah. the but Miami has personnel. Like who, who, who signed there from Milwaukee, PJ Tucker? Like they have guys that can at least keep up and, and play defense. Now, can they even get past Philly? I mean, that, that's the question. Because right. Philly, okay. Philly's back in the game too. But Jeff, you're talking about how you're talking about how how Jalen Brunson gives you Ben Gordon vibes. You know what this team gives me? This team gives me early 2010s Atlanta Hawk vibes, where they <laughs> yeah. could be up at the top yeah. of the Eastern Conference. They have a they have some young guys who can score. They have a gritty star, um, and, you know, a group of characters. But when when push comes to shove, you know, as the as the playoffs wind down, you know, this team isn't doing a damn thing. And that's right. where I'm at. You know, like with every other team in the East, you question what their ceiling can be on a night to night basis with the Miami Heat. I don't have to question. I feel like I know the answer because when push comes to shove. And it's a seven-game series, Giannis versus Jimmy Butler. Who in the who in their right minds is betting against Giannis? Nope. Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum. Who in their right mind is betting against Jason Tatum? That's just that's just the way it is, man. That's just this time of year. It's mm-hmm. how it goes. Yeah. Right, and I think uh, you know, being the number one seed too, in a lot of ways. I mean, this is a really not big knock on Miami. Heat fans aren't going to like this, but. They kind of are going to, if say they get past Philly, they kind of are going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals because of their number one seedness, right? I mean, if you're looking at the two best teams in the East, it's probably going to be Milwaukee and Boston. Um, so, you know, that plays an element too of, you know, right. they're an Eastern Conference team, yes. But they got there not necessarily because of their peak playoff performance, but their peak regular season performance. Right. right. I think another thing with Miami too, and I've said this before, I love Tyler Hero. And he's leading the team in shots, but there comes a point where you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and now it becomes like, all right, Jimmy, like you got to carry us here because well, that's I, what I'm I just. Well, that's what I'm on. saying, dog. Like, are you telling me a team with Tyler Hero as your first or second option is yeah. going to make it to the finals? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. nothing against Tyler Hero, but guys, there's levels yeah. to this. There mm-hmm. just is, and you mm-hmm. need multiple guys who can score the ball. Duncan Robinson, who you just signed to a gigantic contract, has played eight minutes this series. Eight. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't just, get that. that's mind blown. And I don't get that. Like, yeah. I get it. Listen, I I get it. He has defensive, you know, deficiencies. But if you're playing Struess, like, don't tell me Duncan Robinson can get you somewhat production. Yeah, like, exactly. and I don't know. Listen, I don't know what's going on in Miami, but the fact that you're paying Duncan that money, you paid him, and he's not playing a minute in the series. Um, when he can. But guys, like, <laughs> can we talk about the fact that Pat Riley, in my opinion, has gotten some free passes over the years because of the championships he's won? Because oh, of his uh, because because if you look at the Miami Heat, I mean, guys, they've had some shitty contracts like over I'm gonna, the years. I'm gonna be honest, I'm not and I love Kyle Lowry, but I'm not gonna let that one slide. Like like yeah. Kyle Lowry great, but you, you listen, he's, there's been he, he immediately day one was a worse player in Miami yeah. than he was last year. He's he, he is, he is he's he's starting to fall off. And I think we could kind of see that just, I guess, the kind of disappointing year that the Raptors had last year, too. Um, you yeah. know, we, we kind of saw hints of that. Well, I mean, they were in, 
I mean, wasn't last year, weren't they in Tampa the entire year? Yeah. Well, I mean, like that was like hey, a, something about Florida and Kyle Lowry, man. <laughs> Like, yeah, I guess I guess that nice weather. I guess that you would think that would help his legs, but it looks like it's hurting him. It, you know, he likes he's, the cold, man. Yeah, he's running away from the six with his woes. Um, that was it's a. Like, it's like Miami went out and signed guys like just past their like their their prime. Like they got Kyle Lowry, they got Victor Oladipo. It's just like just past when they were when they were really good players. Now these guys like you're getting a little bit out of Victor Oladipo, but I mean it's tough, man. Miami right. just isn't like you said, Sean. You need multiple guys, and, and right. but Bucks is the exception because mother effing Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look, they're not doing anything, and he's got a, he's got a strong cast. So dude, like listen, uh, we'll you see. got Bam out of bio. That's great and all. Great yeah. defense. Yeah. But guess Solid. what's guess what's gonna happen? He's gonna have three fouls in ten minutes, dude. Like he's he's gonna be off the floor the entire series. Giannis is just gonna go right down the gut. And like even like, dude, you can whatever God you want to pray to, no one's gonna stop Giannis onto the Kumbo. Like he is almost Herculean, man. Oh yeah. my gosh. But but speaking of, you know, want to go to another series? Let's talk about golden state and memphis now you gotta bring up that yeah so let's talk about the injury first so there there are some people out there that believe that jordan Poole tried to injure injure john morant now first of all if you look at where he places his hand and the type of movement he does are you telling me that's enough to injure John Morant? I mean, like, right. just seriously, like, it's a stretch, man. It really is. You know, like, and like a lot of doctors are like, even if he did that, like, there's a doctor that said, if that caused a knee sprain, then I've sprained the knee of every single patient I've seen over the past 20 years. Like, that's like, there's no chance in hell. That's it, what it, happened. But. And I always, and I say this too, and and I truly believe it. Two things can be true. Like mm-hmm. one thing, maybe okay. Jordan Poole, unorthodox. I don't know why he did it. You, you know, it just looks bad now that he has a knee injury. But the second thing is, he was not trying to injure John Moran. That's the stupidest assumption mm-hmm. I've ever heard. I get it. It's playoff basketball, and you had the Dylan right. Brooks injury, or excuse me, injuring Gary Payton, uh, Gary Payton Jr. So I get why people, you know, bring these hypotheticals up. But come on, like right. Now we're just reaching at this point. Like I, I, that's what I truly believe. I don't think Jordan Poole's intent was to hurt John Morant. Like it, you, you hear Taylor, uh, Taylor Jenkins talk about it in the press conference, and uh, I, I forgot the reporter's name off the top of my head, but they challenged him a little bit. They're like, "Do you believe it was intentional or not intentional?" And he's like, "Well, it's just weird how he put his hand there." He's like, "Do you believe?" And he wouldn't say it because he knows. Like, why the hell would that be intentional? Like, come on, right, like, come right, on. right. Well, he, like, and, and like, here's the thing, like he. Like the, the only logical explanation is he's going for the ball because that's where the right. ball was. And like, and like when you're going that fast and you're that high speed and Josh double teamed, like yeah, trying to get the ball. Like, yeah, exactly. They're poking after the ball. And then like, you like, you like swipe and you miss and you, t- you graze his knee, you know, like, like things happen. Like you're, you're going high speed. There's no way that he has the thought. I know I shall snap his knee. Like that's not, yeah, man. Like people now, just now, like reach now. Stuff. Dylan Brooks, you know, Cole Cocking, uh, Gary Payton Jr. That's different. All right, that that looks more. All right, that maybe. was dirty. Yeah, that was dirty. <laughs> There's a line we're drawing here. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the John Moran injury. Come on, we're reaching. Yeah. Here we are. We really yeah. are. Troy, what was your thought on the Gary Payton injury? 
in in the in the in what happened there. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I as far as it you know impacts the series, I think that's the I think that's the most important thing talking about is you know they lose a little bit on the defensive end too with with him, but um, I don't know. I I guess I'm I'm more on the fence of it's not going to impact it that much. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You know, I, I, I think I don't think it's going to impact the series very much. However, I mean, it, it was a dirty play. It, right. it, like, it right. just, and it, I think Brooks, I don't know. I did he deserve to get tossed? Yeah. But I don't know about getting tossed for the next game. Uh, yeah, I think you got to send a message like you, you can't. Think so? Yeah. I mean, you can't do that in a playoff series like you can't intentionally you know, in my opinion, there's no place in the game for intentionally injuring a player. Like you can say like with, like with Jordan Poole, it's like, all right, come on. That's ridiculous. With Dylan Brooks, literally what else was he doing other than intentionally trying to foul him and send a message to the Warriors because that was premeditated. Something like that was going to happen. It happened in the first in, in, in what, like the first couple minutes of the game. Yeah, probably first four minutes. It cost him essentially two games of the playoffs. And in my opinion, justly, because again, like if, if you just, there's no circumstance. Like, I don't know what Draymond did to make him think, Oh, well that's okay. Or that's yeah. what we need to do. You know, I understand like sending a message, but breaking like, you know, like potentially shortening someone else's career to send a message out of pocket. Right. Like this isn't, and I get the Draymond thing and him acting a fool, the game prior and all that stuff. And you mm-hmm. want to send a message and they are the younger team. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they don't, obviously they don't feel respected, whatever it is. They want to send a message, but they're, like you said, there, there's comes a point where when a player's airborne, like that, that is a no go. Like you've yep. seen injuries all throughout and look at NBA history guys, when they're airborne, like even the Caruso injury, Grayson Allen this year. I mean, yeah. when guys are airborne, they have no control over what happens. And, and you've seen it with multiple guys. You just can't do it, especially in the yep. postseason. Like, and I get it was Gary Payton Jr. So we're all going to sit here and be like, all right, you know, it's, it's, but what if that was Steph or Clay? Now we're getting into some real issues because, you know, it's, it's just, you can't, there's no, like you said, there's no place in today's game for it. I mean, you just can't. Right. I, I, this isn't the 1980s where you can just bang guys out of the air. Like it, yeah. it's just different times. Yeah. It really 100%. is. 100%. And, you know, you look at, you look at how how the series, you know, now, you know, it's looking like Jaw's gonna miss Game Four. Um, on top of that, it's gonna be in Golden State as well. So That's Dylan Brooks will be back in the lineup. However, they'll be without Jaw, and they looked outmatched at every capacity of the game as it went on. Obviously, in the beginning. Uh, Memphis had control in the first quarter, but from the second quarter on, it was the Golden State show. It was, it was Steph, it was Clay, it was even Jonathan Kaminga, Andrew yep. Wiggins. It was, it was the, it was the Warriors show. It was everything that you expect them to be at home and more. Everyone that talked about Clay Thompson's shooting struggles. How stupid do you look after Game Three, Jeff? Put some Troy. Jeff, can we just say, put some respect on Clay's name? Hold on, and before you go, Troy, who was the guy on this podcast that said Clay Thompson? I'm not worried about him because he, although he was playing bad, he, it, Clay just needs to get his shot to get, and he's done it. You mm-hmm. saw it, the guy who came on your uh, on our uh, the courthouse. Uh, I forgot yeah. the name. I'm ahead. I follow him on Twitter actually. Came yeah. on and said that Jordan Poole is arguably more important than Clay Thompson 
Are you <laughs> are you kidding me? I, I love you, but hell no. And I'll explain yeah. why too. With with Clay Thompson, and he what apologized the on Twitter, by the way. And I he love apologized. that. I, I absolutely love that he did that. Mad respect to him. But uh, yeah. what the Warriors do, and this is what teams are going to struggle with, and they this has been what they've been doing with this team. They make you play their game. Like you, you've seen it, Stephen Adams. Solid. They're starting center. How many minutes has he played in the series? He's he, this team makes you go small on them, and now you have Xavier Tillman starting. Uh, shot to MSU, but yep. they just don't have. They can't keep up. They have the Warriors have five guys that can go get a bucket. Like if now Kaminga was shooting well. You had Andrew Wiggins playing well. It's Clay, Steph. Then you have Draymond. Like it's it's a different game, man. And, and yeah. that's what scares me. I mean, Phoenix. I, I still pick them to go to the finals, but whew, Golden State is mm-hmm. is frightening. And shooters will shoot, you know, like it's that simple. You're going to make one of them soon, right? And and Clay, you can't bet against Clay Thompson on no. the three point line. I'm not, sorry, not you on his can't. home court no, in the no. playoffs. No. Can't like, do it. Can't do it. So no, I mean, I do, guys. There's nothing to worry about with Clay Thompson. No, not at all. Clay's the, you not know, a- Clay's the type of guy who can come back from the injuries that he did, and already immediately look almost 100% Clay Thompson again. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's not people far like off. He was, people look like he act like he was like relying on athleticism or something. Like the guy can just, if you can just come back and be clay, which he's been able to do, it's not going to like, like, I'm sorry, maybe his defense slows down a little bit, but even then he's been a solid defender. So I, yeah. I don't understand. I really exactly. don't. So even what clay brings on the defensive end in the past alone makes him a top three, most important warrior. Like that's yeah. where he's been. And that's where he's always going to be. The, it is the splash brothers for a reason, it always will be because Clay Thompson is the most explosive potential player on a night-to-night basis. If there is anyone that pops off and gets on a streak, it's Clay Thompson. Now, with that, there is no better way to talk about a Mount Rushmore type shooter and get into our Mount Rushmore topic. Troy, last week we finally shared our favorite players. It only took 52 mother episodes to do it what do you have for us this week yeah not quite going to mount rushmore this week but we are staying in oakland uh, or san francisco whatever you want to call it um uh, the bay area and uh, we're going to have just a conversation about what the warriors have done the past 10 years as far as a gm perspective as far as a rebuild perspective and then to I'm make the that. dynasty in which they are today or at least have been and then still you know uh, a contender for a championship today. So I'll just start the most obvious basic one that kicked all of this off was in 2009 drafting Steph Curry. No, not, not, I disagree. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it was the uh, fact that they didn't give up on him either. I mean, right. the warriors people forget before the Bob Myers, before the, the Steve Curry years, the Golden State Warriors were looked upon as one of the lowly franchises of the NBA. They were mm-hmm. a laughing stock. The mm-hmm. Bob Myers, or I mean, not Bob Myers. Uh, their uh, what? What was their name of their coach? Like Don Nelson, I believe, yeah. or um, he was their coach for like like a long and Mark, time. Yeah, Mark Jackson after that. Yeah, Mark yeah. Jackson too. Yep, yep, and Mark Jackson as well. They in those years. I mean, people forget. First of all. Steph looked like he was going to be injury prone. He couldn't stay healthy. His ankles were getting sprained all the time. Clay was looked at as like a nice three point shooter, but like no one really thought this backcourt could really be anything. Yeah. Uh, And then Mark Jackson, 
said the craziest words that the media heard at the time, which was that this could be the best backcourt, best shooting backcourt in the league. And that's what we're looking at is a team that, mm-hmm. ha- that has an all time shooting backcourt. And um, the, the fact that they built a lot of their success in house through the draft, mm-hmm. through their, you know, strength and numbers, it's, it's remarkable. Right, right. And I think, um, yeah, the Steph thing, bringing him just on the team as a whole at seventh, I mean, that was kind of seen as a gamble to a degree because small college Davidson, uh, very small guy himself, just six foot, six foot one, whatever you want to say. And, um, you know, tender, he's six three. Okay, right, right. But you know what I mean? Like, I think even just bringing him in was somewhat of a gamble. But um, we have obviously seen that has paid off. And yeah, you bring a guy like Clay Thompson, and I think 2012 was that like the year like yeah. Kyrie and then were drafted. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that was so big too because again, it put you at that backcourt. And I think you had those guys develop. I mean, remember, guys, they were they had their 73 and nine season without Kevin Durant. Right? They built that team from mm-hmm. the core up. And uh, you had guys like Harrison Barnes too that I guess impacted a little bit. Uh, but for they had the vets, the vets, yeah. Sean Livingston, Iguodala, yeah, they got yeah. Iguodala, they got yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't remember. You get a guy like Draymond Green in the second round, and yeah. um, you know you see you see championships, you see multiple championships. So I guess um, I guess I'm, I don't know if this is my last question, but a question I want to ask both of you guys is: What can teams? right now in 2022 who are in that lottery position you could say us but you could say other teams too learn from that warriors team well first of all um patience is a big thing um i i think i think the warriors gave steph and clay and draymond the time and the necessary minutes to both work it out figure it out and and grow into the players that they were Mark Jackson was given the time to develop players and to work with these guys and to lose a lot of basketball games for the sake of their development. And then when the time was right to make the coaching change, they bring in the right coach, right? So it's allowing your guys to, uh, it's allowing your team to build a program, draft players, because once you can build a program, we see it doesn't take long for a team to rebuild this warriors team they were bad for two years literally year three they're back in contention mm-hmm. granted a lot of that's getting their guys back and healthy mm-hmm. but also it's because of the drafting development of the next generation of warriors because right. now it looks like their future is jordan Poole, jonathan kaminga james wiseman mm-hmm. the thing with the warriors is that they are the one great team in the nba that has a great present as well as a future to look at and be optimistic. Right. About. They were rebuilding while they were winning in a lot of ways. And yes, yep. they had those two off years that, you know, they weren't playoff teams, but I mean, I'm How okay with that. They got back to this point. Right, exactly. And that that's so cool. It's it's almost like a quick pit stop, if you will, right? It, it's it's it, we haven't really seen it in the past 20 years for any team that was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Celtics, but they still had a way longer than two years. They had about three or four years. Yeah, so. maybe the Raptors, but like yeah. even then, what they built this year, like you know, wasn't like like it was like okay. It's like yeah, not like what they're having now. You know, right, exactly. It was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anything else, guys, about the Warriors? 
I don't I mean, want to add this too, the ability to identify talent. Like, and I talk about this too. I talked about this, you know, on, on our, one of the videos, everyone's obsessed with the top three picks of the draft. Like where do they find clay and Steph? Like, come on guys. Like you can find, if, if your off front office, it has the ability to identify talent and find fits. They found Steph, they go out, they get clay. They find Draymond, like you said, in the second round and they build this basketball team. You talked about patience, which I think you hit it on the head. I don't need to really repeat anything you said because patience is the most important thing. Like they didn't go out and, and throw big money at anybody. They just understood, listen, I think we have the core already. Just get pieces that will you know, a, a kind of accommodate these guys. And they went out and did that. They realized, all right, we have the pieces. We have the, you know, the, the team around our solid core, but we just don't feel like our coach can get us over the hump. That's fine. Right. That, that happens in the NBA entirely. And we don't know if Dwayne Casey's that or not. I mean, a lot of people would assume he is, but you go out, you get your Steve Kerr and then the rest is history. And then you talked about it when you're winning and, and you, you still have a, a, a department, a GM and Bob Myers that can go out and identify talent. Like I was saying, you can draft guys like Kaminga, Moses Moody. And I get it. James Wiseman to this point. I mean, I mean, you say what you want about him, but they've gone out and now they can kind of keep this ship of, by gaining more yeah. talent. So, and then free agency, your team's appealing, go out and get Kevin Durant. Like this stuff just all starts coming up together. So patience is important. That's yeah, which, the biggest thing. Yeah. Which by the way, I do want to ask this question because if we're going to talk about the greatness of the warriors over the 10 years, I would be remiss. I mean, obviously you can criticize all you want the Kevin Durant move. However, if you are Bob Myers and you are presented the opportunity to get Kevin freaking Durant, oh, you're getting God. Kevin freaking mm-hmm. Durant. Right. That is the end yeah. of conversation. Yeah. You would do the same damn thing. Anyway, is the 2017 Warriors the best team in NBA history? Because in my lifetime, there has not been a better NBA team. Yeah. The Heatles were never that good. The the even as even those Pistons teams I love back in the day, none of them could match this team. Mm-hmm. There is, was that, there might, that was the year that they lost one game to the Cavs, right? They lost yeah, game that's, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that. But like, you know, that Warriors team, that second year was good too. Obviously they swept the Cavs, but that first year Warriors team with Kevin Durant, there, there is not a better like group assembled in the history of the game, in my opinion. And and you got to give a shout out to Steve Kerr because he was really a part of the two greatest teams in NBA history. One of them Mm -hmm. is a player. One of them is a coach. I would almost argue three with him being with the Spurs dynasty too. Thank you. Another one you can put in the argument, but with with, what I'll say is this, it's hard to compare eras because as a, 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 you know, listen, we're guys that grew up in our time, and they're probably the greatest team I've ever witnessed. I mean, there's teams you can look at, but the depth, the guys, the ability to hit shots, like, it's just a different NBA. Like, if you want to take, go back in time and take Michael Jordan and then that Bulls team with, with Scottie Pippen and all, the whole crew with Kukoc, and you and you pair them against the, that Warriors team, like, you just can't. Like, it's two different eras. Like, you have a team that could hit the three at a rate that nobody in that time could even hit. Like, this team, and just the ability to score the ball, you have three guys, Steph, Clay, um, and, and Dre, uh, excuse me, uh, Kevin Durant. Those three alone. And then you have Draymond, who kind of puts it all together. It's hard to compare eras, but I will say this. That's the most talented team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so, yeah. And I'm not trying to say that they're better than the Bulls or whatever it is, but – it's hard to, I mean, name a, a better roster, top to bottom. Like, it, it's, hard, it's hard to do, talent for it, talent. Like, you just can't do it. It almost was the perfect starting five, too, because oh, it yeah. was, there wasn't a flaw. Like, they're yeah. literally, like, they could do everything well. They were the best at everything. Who do you double? I mean, yeah. nobody. You you can't. That's the thing. Maybe Draymond? But, like, God, no. Yeah. What are you doing? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I would, I mean, yes, I can't disagree with anything any of you guys would say, but I'm not putting money against Michael Jordan, guys. And I, not, and I feel like a part of us too, like Michael Jordan is, not, he's the GOAT. I'm, I'm going to sit on it. So I feel like him mm-hmm. being the GOAT raises, the, the team comes up a whole nother, like the Warriors top to bottom, like you're giving me Kevin Durant, arguably the most talented scorer at seven foot ever. You're giving me Steph Curry the and Clay, the one and two, the most deadliest one-two punch combo in a backcourt. And then you're giving me Draymond, who's a multiple, every year is a defensive player of the year candidate. What in the hell? LeBron James might be the most egotistical player in the game of basketball. Just from like his belief in himself, where he stands in the upper echelon of players, there are a few players that believe in themselves like LeBron James does, right? LeBron James, after winning the Eastern Conference Finals, to get the opportunity to play this Warriors team for the second year in a row, do you guys remember his response? Yeah, he said something about, I'm losing sleep, didn't he? Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to go enjoy this for now. Going to lose sleep over having to play this team. Like, literally, like, he was, like, dreading the fact that the finals matchup was that team. That's how good they were. I remember a Reddit post saying, guys, we're not giving the Cleveland Cavaliers enough credit. Between Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, LeBron James, Tyron Lue, and with all the pieces they have. If the Cleveland Cavaliers put it all together, I could see the Warriors winning in five games. Like, that was literally the post. That's how definitive it was that this team was going to win the finals. You know what separates those two teams, too, the most? is like, if you look at Cleveland, you have Kyrie and you have LeBron, two guys that are ball dominant. Look at Golden State. Like, the way they play basketball, that's what makes them so hard to guard. Because not only do you have all the talent in the world, they're all unselfish. Like, oh. that's that's the problem. Like, that's the, and Kevin Durant, once he learned the system, you're done. The, the ball You're movement done. was insane. Someone's I, getting an open shot. It just matter. Yeah. It's just a matter yeah. of if they can hit it. Like, yeah, and and, and what's crazy too? No, I'm sorry. That was the next year. That was the 18 year with with when they almost lost to the the Rockets, right, in the Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we were both probably all three of us were watching that game, and we just knew the Warriors would come back because of the ability to op- open those shots and, and or hit those shots and hit the contested shots too. Um, yeah, I, I it'll take another ten to twenty years yeah. to have any team like that, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it's I, I I think from from the salary cap standpoint, I don't think we're going to see a team like that again because it took Steph Curry having the cheapest deal for a superstar in the history of the league. Like yeah. it literally took like him having the for a player for like a period of time. The worst contract, a worse contract than what Scottie Pippen was getting paid mm-hmm. back when he was playing for the Bulls. And that's saying something. Scottie Pippen had a bad contract. Mm-hmm. So can can Troy Weaver take the Warriors how to manage cap 101? Like, can we mm-hmm. get that over to Detroit? Can you like the amount of guys they were able to squeeze under that cap space for the amount of time they did? I mean, come yeah. on. What that, I do what think what I do think we have is, is is a guy that can rival Bob Myers in in, in his eye for talent. I think that's oh, one absolutely. thing we do have. So that's absolutely. that's something good going for us. And yeah, the Warriors, they're gonna be good for a long time. They're gonna be, you know, as long as Bob Myers is the is the is the president of that of that organization, they're gonna be in the conversation. But with that, speaking of the conversation, this has been from Half Court Reach, and every week you can join the conversation where we talk all things NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure to like this video. 
subscribe to the podcast because we are on our journey to 1,000 subscribers. So be sure to hit that subscribe button. Again, we will be streaming live on Woodward Sports on May 17th for the NBA Draft Lottery. Be sure to subscribe to Woodward Sports. Be ready for Woodward Pistons to tear that down. But more importantly for now, be sure to follow my guy Troy Sergi on Twitter at TroySergi44. Be sure to follow my guy Jeff Iafrady at Jeff Iafrady and myself at Sean Halfcourt. You can also follow the channel on Twitter as well. That is in the link in the description below. But I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe.